Discover FX's Shogun, the official podcast available now. Every legend begins with a story. Listen and explore episode by episode the story of war, passion, and power set in feudal Japan. Join host Emily Yoshida each week with the creators, cast, and crew in this exclusive companion podcast. They dive deep into the twists and turns of the plot, go behind the scenes, and explore the real-life history that informed the limited series based on James Clavell's best-selling novel. Search FX's Shogun wherever you listen to podcasts. Tax season is approaching, bringing potential extra cash your way. Rather than spending it all on an expensive deal filled with yada yada from your current wireless plan, consider switching to Metro by T-Mobile for no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada you don't take yada yada in life don't take yada yada from your wireless provider metro by t-mobile has no contracts no credit checks no surprises and nada yada yada stop by one of over six thousand metro stores nationwide this episode is brought to you by alienware during dell tech fest score game-changing innovations with limited time deals on select next-gen alienware gaming tech new dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the alienware m18 laptop powered by an intel core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals liquid cooling three-dimensional audio with dolby atmos and impressive overclocking potential your dream setup amazing prices and free shipping await you for a limited time only at alienware dot com slash deals that's alienware.com slash deals billy eilish and phineas o'connell they're with us today on crew call i'm your host anthony delisandra billy's vocals it was automatic art you know i had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline from ufos to psychic powers and government conspiracies history is riddled with unexplained events you can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, welcome back to the show. My name is Matt. Noel is not with us at the moment, but we'll be returning soon. They call me Ben. We are joined, as always, with our super producer, Alexis, codenamed Doc Holiday Jackson. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Uh, folks, if you're watching the YouTube, you may be wondering why I've been uh, wearing this Singha hat uh, consistently, I'm just going to be honest, Matt, with you and Codename Doc and everybody else, uh, working from home, which we'll, we'll talk about later in the show, uh, working from home has uh, still kept me busy and I just need a shower. That's that's why I'm wearing mm. the hat right now. Yeah, I got to I got to clean you gotta up my life. You got to remember to take breaks, Ben. Yeah, sure. Uh, so <laughs> this uh, it's funny because right now as we're recording the news cycle is dominated by a celebrity debacle at the Academy Awards. And people love talking about celebrities. They love deifying and, and vilifying them. Uh, but we wanted to bring you some stuff that is not celebrity-based and that is probably going to disappear in the news cycle uh, as, as the news is dominated for better or worse by a story of uh, quite wealthy people having a disagreement over a joke. Here's some of the stuff you may have missed. We're going to talk about an innovative strategy one company is using to get its workers back in the office. We're going to talk about some infiltration of gangs and organized crime uh, that leads into a bigger episode, I think. And we are also coming to you right out of the gate, coming in hot with an update on UFOs. Matt, you remember uh, it was the height of the pandemic. The government of the United States came out and basically said everything but aliens. They said there's definitely stuff in the sky, in the seas. There are these transmedium objects that appear to be intelligently directed, and we don't know who would be directing them. We also have no idea 
what kind of technology this could be. Uh, as a matter of fact, the collective eggheads and boffins and generals of this country shrugged and said, we don't know enough about physics to explain how these things could be doing what they're doing. And then uh, a report finally came out from the Pentagon. It's about nine pages long. The gist of it was, uh, I I hope he didn't sound too cynical when he said this earlier, Matt, but what I got the gist of it to be was, we need more money. Yes. Well, it's true. When there's not enough money being thrown at a problem, a government agency or a private entity generally says, we need more of those stacks. Give us more stacks and we'll give you more and we'll give you more results. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that was, you know, we're cracking on them a little, but that was a valid part of the report. They just, you know, emphasized it a lot. And I think part of that was they wanted to be very clear that they they could continue their investigation. They just needed more funding to deepen the scope of their work, you know. So this report we're talking about came out on June 25th, 2021 from an outfit called the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, or ODNI, O-D-N-I, and they released two reports, one for the public, one that was classified. A lot of folks, ourselves included, found the public report somewhat a little underwhelming. You know what I mean? But also, we were like everybody else at the height of the lockdown. Someone said, okay, aliens might be real. And we, like everyone else, just sort of went, uh, all right, fine, man. I got a lot of stuff going on. You know what I mean? I'm trying to get to a grocery store and not die as a result. So it was understandable that this made less of a splash than it would have if it came out in the early 2000s. The public report, the unclassified report, is nine pages long. Uh, it did offer up some details about some 144 sightings, or at least mainly classified them and Two of the classifications were really exciting for us. Yeah, and specifically, they were they were interactions by military personnel, naval personnel, with some kind of object, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. So these weren't um, untrained civilians who were just happened to who just happened to see something in the sky that they couldn't explain. You know, you have to remember again that uh, the majority of civilians ourselves included, would have a tough time accounting for distance and how that affects perspective uh, and an even tougher time conclusively identifying or differentiating between commercial or military aircraft at some point. You know, you just see the streak in the air and you say, oh, that's a jet. And that's as close as as most uh, civvies are going to get. But here's what happened recently and something that I think we're all excited about. We didn't want to get this lost in the news. We need to give some fanfare and a big shout out to the one and only, the man, the myth, researcher John Greenwald Jr., who is the creator, a longtime operator of something called the Black Vault. He is also a top-notch expert in actually getting FOIA requests to go through, Freedom of Information Act requests. And Greenwald scored quite a coup recently. Uh, He has obtained a copy of that classified report, and he did it legally through the FOIA Act. Uh, He calls it a small triumph in the effort to get transparency on a hot topic issue. And everything that he did, he did by the book, and he acted really quickly. The report he got... Unfortunately, you could call it a used copy. It has a lot of black highlighter in it, right? Uh, so, so in this case, we have a lot of guessing because some of this, you can read between the lines quite literally using context clues where you see, you see the location in the paper of something that's been redacted, right? So if there are, for instance, and this is just an example, it doesn't occur in there. If you see a section... That says, like, on this page, blah, 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 we'll discuss the common appearances of these UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomenon that people seem to be encountering. And then you go to that page and it's blacked out. 
you still know at the very least that there is in that report a description of the common shape, right? Whether that be a tic-tac or a saucer or a triangular shape. So I want to go to two places. I want to go to the original reporting from Greenwald himself on theblackvault.com and want to go over to the debrief. The debrief is a great source for a lot of things of this nature. So shout out to Greenwald and shout out to the journalist Micah Hanks, who writes a great a great summarization of this. I would say this is a primer. Start there and then go to the Black Vault. Dig in to your heart's content, but be ready to be frustrated because it is heavily redacted. What we see here is that the classified version that Greenwald obtained, you learn a lot by comparing it to the declassified version. This one is about 17 pages to the nine pages of the public-facing version. So it's a little shorter than I think you and I were hoping because I don't know about you, Matt, but my my big hope was that there would be and a somewhat in-depth description of each of those 144 incidents. And that's not happening here. Yeah, that's not happening here. And you know what? Initially, I did feel like that's what would be coming, right? Some kind of full report with all the stuff. But thinking about it further, I don't know exactly what people running congressional hearings actually get in front of them, you know, in Mm -hmm. preparation to have some kind of discussion or presentation on something like that. But it doesn't feel like it would be the 144, or if you imagine 144 incidents, it's at least one page each. Some of them probably require two to three pages, if not more, mm-hmm. with like maybe images uh, that were captured during the event or something like that. There's no way each individual congressperson in that meeting is going to get that stack of papers to have mm-hmm. a hearing. Yeah, I just, that's I true. just, I imagine that's what it would be in my mind. <laughs> right, exactly. And Congress often is uh, short on time, given that they have to dedicate so much of their day to pleasing their uh, campaign financers, right? So they have to make they have to make their VIPs happy. And if you're listening to this, you're probably not one of their VIPs. So you can write to them if you want. Uh, anyway, pardon my cynicism there, Matt, but <sighs> I, I think a lot of our fellow conspiracy realists are nodding in agreement. It's an apolitical point uh, at this juncture. So. Let's just really quick knock out some of the things that Greenwald has found here. So he noticed that the CIA probably like the CIA is absent in the public report. And there's a reason for that, because the CIA operates often outside of U.S. soil. So any contributions or observations they had about this would have been giving away quite possibly giving away covert intelligence operations, clandestine, you know, spooky stuff. So that's probably mentioned in the non-public report or the CIA maybe just wasn't involved, but there's this short redaction on page two that makes it seem like they did appear somewhere in the original draft. We just don't know how they appeared. It's got to be CIA, right? Because it mm. comes right before in the uh, large list of agencies, and the one right after the redaction is the DIA. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Just, we're being overly fair, perhaps. Uh, we learned a little bit more about the incidents that were reported. A lot of these incidents come from something called range fowler reports. The Navy uses the phrase range fowler to describe any activity or object that interrupts a pre-planned training or other activity. So these can occur in restricted airspace where civilian craft and honestly, military craft that aren't part of the exercise aren't supposed to be. This is trespassing of the highest order, in other words, if it's, if it's purposeful. So this also tells us uh, that when we compare the two reports, we see some more details about the limitations of the sensors that these operators are using because they're not they're not up there trying to track unidentified flying objects or excuse me unidentified aerial phenomenon uh, they're not suited for this so it's kind of like you can have the best hammer in the world but if you need a screwdriver the best hammer is not going to 
be the ideal tool, even if it's the world's best. So that's kind of what they're saying here. And it's a good point. They also have commentary regarding the altitudes where UAP were most frequently observed, and that was removed from the public release. Uh, There are also some, there are a lot of indicators in this document that point to stuff that was later redacted. And that's very weird because it lets us get a little bit of a peek into the redaction process. So we don't have, you know, like, we don't know if the CIA is in there, but something Right mm-hmm. before the DIA got wiped out. Dude, Ben, in this same section that you're talking about, uh, there's a part in page five where they're discussing commonalities between sightings. And there's just one little thing that I would you mind if I just read from oh, the redacted document yeah, just quickly? Yeah. Okay. All right. So this is on what what is observed in the similarities between observances. It says beep. The most common shape described by military personnel in their reporting was a beep. Military aviators described many of these beep objects as beep or beep that beep. Mm-hmm. Several sightings were beep and resembled beep shapes like a beep or beep, a beep. beep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. Uh, which can be maddening. You know, uh, it's almost I don't know if anybody else spends as much time reading these redacted reports as uh, Matt and myself, but sometimes you want to throw up your hand and say, why did you give me anything? You know what I mean? <laughs> like you, you literally cherry picked all the important words out of this. And why, why, why? would you the point? get rid of that? Like what's the big deal in saying this is what people observed in the sky? I guess potentially if it is military, yeah, you know, like secret military tech of some sort. They don't want to give away, like, even if it's potentially military tech that's unknown, they don't want to give that away? I, I, I don't understand the reason. <sighs> yeah, and now we know that there are also, there's also more out there regarding their descriptions of the categories. There's even a redacted section in airborne clutter, which would be up there with weather phenomenon as the most mundane possibilities. Uh, But they also, of course, have some hefty redaction under foreign adversary systems. Uh, There are still, I know we're making it seem like a wash, but do check out the debrief article. Do check out Greenwald's work. Uh, Do also check out the actual redacted report, which you can read, because another surprising thing about this, and this is what we'll end on, is that there are new parts of the story that remain unredacted. Mainly it's stuff that helps give us an idea about which categories are the least likely in terms of UAP reports that Uncle Sam is collecting. We know that almost none of the incidents, virtually none of these incidents studied by the program can be linked conclusively to natural atmospheric phenomenon. So that while it sounds like a small win, it is a big win. And I'd like to end on Greenwald's statement here before we go to break to something very different. He says, quote, the release of this report, although discouraging with the level of redactions, does tell us a story worth pursuing. Some of this involves speculation, as we clearly just have to guess at what is behind some of the black. But, he says, it does give me hope that although we may never know the entire puzzle, with a little bit of blood, sweat, and tears, we can get hold of quite a few more pieces than we originally had. So shout out to you, Mr. Greenwald. We agree. There's something in the sky. We'll pause for a word from our sponsor, and we'll be back with uh, strange news in a different way. (laughs) What would it take to get you back in the office? Oh, my gosh. Yep. Take a little break here. Be right back. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. 
I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. So, Matt, when it's you and me hanging out with, mm-hmm. with Doc on these, um, one thing that I think we always have a lot of fun with is finding what we kind of think of as our third act. We want to have we want to have a story that is a little bit off the beaten path. Beaten path. Oh man. Uh, oh. Have, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. We want to have a story that is uh maybe even a little bit uh a little bit off color, a little bit funny, something to give all of us conspiracy realists a, a bit of levity. So this next story is not necessarily Stuff they don't want you to know. Well, it's stuff you probably don't want your coworkers to know. It's stuff I would. Well, well. Know. <laughs> I mean, if you go in that room, if you go in the room, right? Everybody knows. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry. These are inside jokes. Just get ready. They'll land afterwards in retrospect. Okay. Yeah, we'll make them outside jokes. It's pretty soon. So, uh, Matt, you and I went back and forth just briefly uh, to the momentary confusion of our good friend, the better part of the show, codenamed Doc. Uh, <laughs> and we learned about a company called StripChat. StripChat is an adult website and social network company I had not heard of before. And like many other companies, they were trying to figure out what kind of perks they could give their employees to keep them there during the pandemic. They were also trying to think more about work-life balance as a lot of people left their jobs when they said, you know, this isn't worth it. Uh, And they wanted to entice people to come back to work. And this happened for a lot of us. You know, you may be in a position, folks, where your job is saying, hey, we're going to give you some perks. We're going to relax some things, you know, like uh, we want you back in the office, but we'll give you flexible hours, something like that. That's pretty common. Maybe they have company lunch once a month or so. We used to do that. And I think we all really enjoyed it. Every so often, maybe they'll take mm-hmm. you out for drinks. That's cool too. Mm. But Strip Chat went above and beyond. Or you could say they went below the belt. Yep. <laughs> well, they're offering, in my opinion, a really neat looking uh, black pod that 
it's potentially cool. I feel mm-hmm. like you could do some cool stuff in there. They want you to do something very animalistic. <laughs> hey, something natural, <laughs> but animalistic. Just another way of saying natural. Okay, we'll say it. We'll, we got to stop. But in a high tech way. Yeah, in a high tech way. We got to stop hot potatoing this. Uh, this looks kind of yep. like the one wheel uh, buzzsaw G.I. Joe toy that uh, mm-hmm. Cobra had. Uh, and it's got a side entrance. There's, it's a high tech pod that has an Oculus Quest VR headset. It's got a 4K LED screen. It's what uh, else does it have? It has masturbation accessories. These are pods for masturbation. Uh, they have been called wank pods by India Times and by the Daily Star. This is a big company. Its offices in Cyprus, where this program got rolled out, has over 200 employees, and we'll get to a little bit of math here, and four high-tech masturbation pods. And masturbation accessories are pretty much what you, what you might imagine. So the company says it wants to provide current employees with a safe, comfortable space to, quote, rub one out, and it also thinks this will help it attract new employees. And lest you think that we are making this up out of whole cloth, you can, again, read several news articles about this. It just got lost in the news cycle. They're also thinking that they're going to bring this capability to your company, perhaps. They've got an open call out to other companies in the world. They say, we will lease these pods to your workers for the low, low price of 37,500 pounds, about 50 grand, for six months. And you'll get a VIP subscription to whatever it is Strip Chat does, uh, which seems like that would I have it up every- on my phone, but I, I, I haven't I don't want it, it on yet. my work computer. Yeah. It's on my phone. <laughs> yeah. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> Maybe put it on the burner. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it says, yeah. it says, uh-huh. We are creating a better experience for 18 plus live entertainment. Join our open-minded community and start interacting now for free. Hmm. Okay. All right. So it is live. It's, it's some kind of sexually explicit live interactive experience, right? Okay. So people are probably like, you know, doing adult uh, shows, live shows or something, probably some salacious chat, definitely not one for the kiddos. But I wanted to bring this to you all because I wanted to, I wanted to hear opinions. It sounds like they're serious. They're actually doing it. So it's not just a PR stunt. But would you be comfortable doing that? Would you be, uh, oh, yeah, we should say this. They are giving, um, the idea is that during normal work hours, any employee can take a 30-minute break and go in the pod should the spirit so move them. And it's not like a lunch break. I think it's it's a different break. Well, yeah, and, and this is actually, my mind has just gone here. So if you're working at a company that is producing what appears to be, again, I'm sorry I haven't looked, but... It appears yeah. to be video, audio, that is sexually explicit, adult in content. You are either producing that or you're working on the website that includes that kind of content. Um, I can only imagine that there's arousal that occurs while you're at the workplace. I love how clinically I'm talking about this. It's just so so exciting for everybody. We're doing um, we're doing our we're doing our level best. <laughs> But I'm assuming that that is a natural thing that occurs in the workplace there at Strip Chat. And I wonder if, I, I don't know, I just wonder if it's a thing that was maybe brought up in the past with employees, like with HR, maybe. I mean, somebody I'm imagining went to HR and said, you know, this is difficult to do my job in this state. Um, I do not want to drive home. But I need to I need to take care of something. Yeah, I've got uh, an could you maybe in, <laughs> could you maybe invent a pod that would cost around a hundred thousand dollars a year uh, that I could just go into over in the corner? Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. There is this idea that you could have um, 
Okay, well, there are a couple of things, right? I agree with you. I can understand this. And you make an excellent point that this is a company that already lives in the world of sexual interaction, right? I'm, I'm being clinical mm-hmm. as well. So it would be safe to assume that the employees are probably a little more comfortable or open about things that might be considered taboo in a lot of other workplaces. Uh, we could also say that, again, I'm trying to be clinical, but not to a cartoonish degree. We could say that um, masturbation does have, or orgasm specifically, do have like calming effects on people. It tends to make folks a little, you know, a little less aggro, perhaps, if they're very um, stressed. I don't know what the, I don't know what the work culture of strip chat is like. I don't know if there's, you know, if it's like a high intensity Wolf of Wall Street kind of vibe, or if it's more, you know, like an IT based kind of thing, we have to keep an eye on the servers, right? And we're worried about Mm -hmm. platforms and various technical details. But if you get past the taboo part, the thing that I would be interested to know more about, and I haven't found this yet, is uh, we said there would be a little bit of math. So in this place, in Cyprus, this office has 200 employees. They have four of these pods. If people have their assigned pod, then that's 50 employees per pod. And if you've ever been to a Portageon at a concert, you can see how this can lead to problems, concerns about hygiene. You know what I mean? Like, what happened? What did the janitorial staff say when they heard about this? Did they resign? Were they like the only people against it? You know, or were they for it too? <laughs> like, how do you, what do you do if there's a line? You know what I mean? Like, oh, are you going to oh, no. wait in line? It's a tech company, so they probably have like an online scheduling system or something. But <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, can you get dibs? <laughs> Like, can you get dips? What does HR think? Is this being sanitized between <laughs> people? That's it my must question. Be, right? It has to be, surely, right? Um, what is the soundproofing like in there? I would imagine it's hopefully so pretty many good. Because then it's distracting from other employees. I mean, it it seems like it's at least partially uh, a PR stunt. And then you have to ask yourself, mm-hmm. too, you know, if you get past all the jokes, and this is like such... Such a great Sorry. thing for last week tonight to talk about or the the late show or Saturday Night Live or whomever. Once you get past these things, um, yeah, you kind of have to ask yourself another thing I was wondering, Matt, Doc, what kind of employee considers this like the thing that swings the needle? They've got two jobs and they've been accepted. Now they just have to, they've got an offer. Now they just have to decide which job they want to go to. and you know, not to yuck anybody's yum, but do you think there is anybody who said, well, now that I know about the pods, I'm going with this company? Yeah. I mean, you have to imagine in a scenario like this, there are going to be, you know, a small percentage of people who immediately, you know, like, okay, this is a thing I could do. I'm going to use that. We're, we're going to take advantage of this thing that is provided by the company. I would I would say there's gonna be a lot more people who don't ever take advantage of it. Um, yeah. And then some people I think will try and get a job there like because of this. <laughs> because this perk is offered. I yeah. don't think anybody's I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it's <laughs> Yeah. Shoot. I don't know. I don't even know what to say, Ben. I feel like yeah, yeah some people will it's a, it could be a sticky subject for a lot of people. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's a hard thing to, you know, <laughs> handle. <laughs> right, right. So <laughs> so this is uh this is also not the first attempt of its kind. It's just the more more high tech. Uh there is we'd like to introduce you to a person named Erica Lust. Erica Lust is the boss of an adult entertainment company called Erica Lust Films. And during the pandemic, she found that a lot a lot of her 36 employees were becoming, according to her, agitated during lockdowns, very difficult time for people. So she wanted to normalize the concept of masturbation by telling her 36 employees, look, every day you can take a half hour for self-pleasure and I'll even set up a private 
masturbation station here at the office of Erica Lust Films. And this happened last year, so apparently they they still got it. Uh, I don't think this is on the same level as, say, a, you know, something that would be considered more of a right, like a private breastfeeding room for a new mother or something. In that case, people often still want a private area to do that, but there's not anything taboo about it, or there shouldn't be. It's just trying to help your employees with a work-life balance. So you could make the argument that this is sort of the same thing, but it just seems like a minefield for HR, doesn't it? Like, even if it's a good faith effort, I don't know if this is the best way to get people back to the office. Yeah, I can't talk about it with being juvenile, Uh, but you're right. It is. uh, It feels like it feels like the kind of thing that eventually it will be so normalized. I mean, reality is closer and closer to idiocracy every day. And it feels like one of those chairs, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm baiting that kind Mm -hmm. of chair. It feels like that. uh, And it's just going to be regular and hey, whatever. That's what's happening now. Yeah. And, you know, we also have to point out that there is a cultural framework that comes along with this. The U.S. in particular has some pretty puritanical roots when it comes to all things associated with sexual pleasure and even with just biological reproduction. So maybe folks in the U.S. aren't the best to judge this, but we thought this was a <laughs> this was a, a a fun story. It does sound like a good faith effort. Um, we hope everybody at the company is doing well. The pandemic has been hard on a lot of folks. And um, maybe we leave it at that. Uh, maybe we go back to a more a more serious story. I I had a list of uh, workplace masturbation puns, but we will we will save that. I'll save that for someone who asks me on Twitter or Instagram. Then I'll I'll just send those along. Yes, you should Ben. <laughs> and with that, we'll take a break. Not that kind of break. No, 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 not not fellow this. conspiracy realist. Take a break. For an ad from our sponsors. And we'll be back. We'll be back uh, with much more serious, strange news. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me, like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. 
Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. All right, we're back. <laughs> we're back. Oh, oh Matt, I'm feeling good. Before we move on, <laughs> um, I'm just laughing because. We stopped for a second on the break, and uh, I hope everyone had a great one, no matter what you did. And uh, we <laughs> we talked a little bit more about the sanitation, sanitization, oh. I should say, issue. I mean, 200 people, four booths, that's 50 per. Uh, yeah, I. they've got to be sanitizing, right? They have to. And are they bringing on staff specifically to sanitize them, or is that just falling to the janitor who's like, man, I didn't sign up for this when I started this job. I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> every, every station comes with a guy named Greg and Greg doesn't mind. That's part of his job. I guess he like, gets breaks too. <sighs> That's the thing, you know, it's like, and then at three 30, it's my turn in the booth. Uh, but that, that's the thing, man. Like fine. If Greg is comfortable with it, fine. But if it's like Greg's thing, then that's also concerning. Ideally, you just want an automated cleaning system, right? Just like (laughs) full decontamination. We got to let this go. We have more important things to talk about, but we're really interested to hear your take on the the hygiene of this. All right. And now on to something completely different. Uh, (laughs) You (laughs) know, Ben, we had a discussion before this episode started and I want to say I think we should have uh, put this story uh, in between as the sandwich and let the previous one go at the end as a nice finish. Wink. Uh, Okay, so, but here we go. (laughs) All right. Um, Oh, this is serious stuff. Okay. Yeah, switching switching gears. We're traveling to Los Angeles County where someone we know and work close with is right now, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to read you the headline of something coming out of the LA times from March 24th, 2022 quote, Los Angeles County panel launches investigation into sheriff's department quote deputy gangs. Okay. Now that may sound a little familiar. There was quite a bit of reporting coming out last year on this topic. And this news is not concerning the gangs themselves necessarily, It is just the investigation into deputy gangs that exist within the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. There is a group. It's a civilian commission that is charged with uh, overseeing or having some kind of oversight on the Sheriff's Department, as well as other aspects of life in Los Angeles County. You can find their website. It's called the County of Los Angeles Sheriff Civilian Oversight Commission. And they're simply announcing that they are they're forming an official investigation into these gangs, these groups that were once called cliques, at least officially within um, Los Angeles County statutes and law. And it's really, really troubling stuff. We can go through just some of this Los Angeles Times article, Ben, and just talk about a bit of Ooh. what's going on there. But there is a deep dive going on here especially in the investigation that was done for Knock LA by Sharice Castle, Liam Fitzpatrick, Maggie Clancy, Brittany Nichols, Ricky Delavanga, and Jonathan Peltz. Uh, huge investigation. I think there are 15 or something major articles associated with that investigation that we're, I mean, it's going to require us to do some serious reading to get to the bottom of this topic, but When it comes to that Los Angeles Times article, this is the stuff you need to know. And the reason why this is such a deep dive is because this is an ongoing problem for decades, and it's been looked into by various people for a long time, but not with the depth that Knock LA's investigation uh, pursued. So let's go back to 2019. There was a lawsuit filed 
by several deputies that this group gang click, whatever you want to call it called the banditos repeatedly uh, quote, at least according to the LA times denied them backup on dangerous calls. That's a big deal, right? So deputies saying that individuals within the sheriff's department that identified as banditos wouldn't back them up when they needed it. They also quote, pressured them to quit or leave the station and sent hostile messages on work computers. It also alleges that this group, the banditos secretly removed ammunition from another deputy's shotgun. If you can imagine if you're going on duty as an officer and you have a shotgun that you believe is loaded and you need to use it in an emergency situation and it doesn't have ammo in it, that could be a major problem. There's stuff happening in September 2018 where that same group, the Banditos, was involved in um, a couple of incidents. You can read a lot of this in the LA Times article. One of the major things I need to tell you is that the Rand Corporation, remember them? Oh, Rand yeah. Rand Corporation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They commissioned or they were commissioned to do a study by Los Angeles County. And this is a survey. It found that 16%, only 16, 16% of the 1,608 deputies and supervisors who like took this survey and answered had been invited to join one of these groups, one of these cliques or gangs. And uh, some of the invitations came in the last five years. More than a third of respondents said the groups should be prohibited. Oh, and just to just to give you a sense of the names of the groups, folks, I uh, mentioned the yes. Banditos. Uh, there are they are by far not the only players in the game. Banditos are at the East LA station. Reapers are at the South LA station. Century Station as the Spartans. Compton Station as the Executioners. And then there are other. There are eight other, the report calls them subgroups instead of gangs. Mm -hmm. They try to avoid the G word as though that changes things. Those other groups would be things like the jump out boys, the regulators, or the cavemen. So you can see there's definitely yes. like gang-like culture here. Yes, because not only are there issues between deputy interactions when it's a gang member and not gang member, interacting, like choosing not to go out on a backup call, there are serious violence allegations against a lot of the individual members and members working together of uh, all of the cliques you just mentioned there. I'm just using those terms interchangeably at this point. Um, but like serious, serious stuff, violence, death, uh, cover up, all these things are alleged against these groups. And it's something that has been looked at for quite a while. And many, uh, many individuals and groups have been attempting to do something about it, and it hasn't been working. So the County of Los Angeles Office of Inspector General, this is an office, but also an individual named Max Huntsman, sent a letter on March 21st of this year directly to Sheriff Alex Villanueva, who is the, the sheriff of Los Angeles County, and just stated... I mean, you can read the whole thing right now. I found this on an NPR article, and you can look at it too. The article from NPR is titled, Alleged Gangs in the L.A. Sheriff's Department to be Investigated by Oversight Panel. You can actually read this whole statement, this whole letter that was written by the Office of Inspector General. And I want to read you the penal code section that it references. It says, quote, California Penal Code Section 13670 requires that law enforcement agencies maintain a policy prohibiting participation in, quote, law enforcement gangs, including groups that violate federal or state anti-discrimination laws. The statute also requires law enforcement agencies to cooperate in inspector general investigations into the existence of such gangs. And what's alleged here is that the sheriff has not been assisting in identifying the gangs and rooting them out mm. as in they're protected in some way. Okay. So there's, there would be corruption then. And then you could, you could imagine that from leadership's perspective, the problem may have metastasized like a cancer, which it is uh, such that removing it would gut various stations or departments because it's it's like a known thing and and these folks have tattoos as well they have gang tattoos they have initiation rights i believe the banditos uh sometimes have required prospective members to uh do what's called a use of force like unnecessary force against 
an inmate, sending them to the hospital, sometimes breaking their orbital bone. And then after that, they get the they get the ink, which is a skeleton in a sombrero holding a revolver. So that like you're beating people in there are the rites of passage. Uh, you are aggressive toward people who are your coworkers but aren't members of banditos. Like this does have a ton of parallels with gang structure. Mm-hmm. You know, like Atlanta has gangs. You know about those as well. Gangs are across the world and you would be surprised often by how similar some of the rights of progression and some of the activities are and you know there there are people listening now who are in law enforcement and know about the problem of infiltration it's often talked about as the problem of you know like neo nazi or white supremacist infiltration which was historically a huge problem in the US but then there are other people on the other side of the argument, who would simply say, guys, law enforcement is a gang already. So is the sheriff then, from that perspective, the best person to clean out this, to, to root out the stable here? I don't know. It's a, it's a serious question, though. It is. To me, it feels a lot like the Atlanta group Red Dogs that we've spoken about before here on this show, they root all drug dealers out of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Is that right? I think that's right. Uh, it's a group that was an insular group within the Atlanta Police Department that was tasked with fighting drug crime, and it became something else. It, you can read about this right now. It became a group that exercised excessive force on many citizens and you know civilians, people who were possibly involved in drug activities and others who were definitely not. Um, Mm. And it just, uh, it's a real issue when, if you imagine the individual officer on the ground interacting with, with a civilian are their loyalties to, you know, their superior and whatever, you know, rules and regulations, uh, govern that activity that they're doing when they're on the ground or is it to you know somebody who's leading the gang and what that person wants right right Chain where, where do your loyalties lie yeah um and it becomes a real issue well we also know red dog was uh such a problem they had such poor oversight that they were disbanded in 2011 mm-hmm. i think under the auspice of america seem reed at the time who himself is Correct. no uh <clears throat> no squeaky clean guy, nor nor particularly a stranger to corruption. But uh, but yeah, I think it's excellent you bring up that example because there is a real problem, and this happens this happens in militaries too. You know, in Vietnam there were outfits that went so far off off the uh, path or off whatever their mission or the remit was that you could say they were simply operating as a rogue unit. Uh, not quite heart of not quite heart of darkness apocalypse now style, all the way, but in some cases distressingly similar. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, there are some veterans of foreign wars in the audience today who know who know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So this is this is just a, a problem. It is, and I think we need to look into it deeper. We should probably do a full episode. On this entire thing, get the details, get it right. Um, I want to leave you with a statement from Sean Kennedy, who is the commission chair of that oversight committee that's actually going to be doing the investigation. He's also a Loyola Law School Center for Juvenile Law and Policy Executive Director. Sean Kennedy states, Deputy gangs have fostered and promoted excessive force against citizens, discriminated against other deputies based on race and gender, and undermine the chain of command and discipline. Despite years of documented history of this issue, the department has failed to eliminate the gangs, unquote. And that is specifically talking about the sheriff's department. I think we're all in agreement. This needs to be a full episode. We'd love your help as the best part of the show, fellow conspiracy realists. Give us your take. Uh, Do you agree that this is a problem? Have you had any experience with any of these groups that have infiltrated Los Angeles law enforcement? Uh, Do you have recommendations for 
ways to approach this problem, especially given the concerns folks are raising about the sheriff maybe not having, not being the best person to run point on clearing out the corruption here. Um, before anybody finishes the email, I do want to point out, Matt, just, just for my part, I don't think masturbation pods will fix this one. Well... <laughs> i I, I agree well 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 we'll end it there maybe uh let us know your honest takes on this we can't wait to hear from you try to be easy to find online uh what do you mean by online ben you might be asking well uh you can go to here's where it gets crazy on our facebook page uh thanks to the person who wrote in and said uh something like shout out to ben bullen you put the ben in benzene not sure how to take that, but I'm going to take it as a compliment. Thank you, sir. Um, we also we also have a YouTube page where you can see excerpts of our podcast and some more new stuff uh, coming soon. Uh, we have an Instagram conspiracy stuff show. Uh, we can't wait for you to check out our. Um, let's see that Honda Odyssey is parked outside of my house every time we record now, Matt, to make sure that we mention pre-ordering the book. So that we don't get fired. Oh man! Oh, dude! They, they at least gave me a Kia. There's a Kia out there. I don't even know what it is. I think it's a Sportage. You, it's a little more compact. Yeah, you probably don't. Even, you probably have somebody who's not an intern from the NSA on this one too. Well, shout out to Illumination Global Unlimited. You can find out where to get the stuff they want you to know. Book coming out in October. We would love uh, love your support there. We also had a lovely time. I want to shout out Mr. Matt Frederick on this one. We had a lovely time listening back to some old Illumination Global Unlimited commercials. And we're going to do more of those in the future because they were just so weird. So much fun. Yeah. Well, IGU is looking to really secure some more social space, you know, within our brand. So right. hopefully we'll be bringing those to you again in, in some new kind of way. Uh, and, and you'll like it. And if you could support it, that'd be great. Because again, I'm pretty sure IGU has something to do with the Kia Sportage, but I'm not positive. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't have ever signed up on that contract, or at least we shouldn't have used our own blood. So we're in it. Uh, <laughs> just like we're in it. We're on it. Just like people are with the internet. But if you have listened to our episodes on big data, if you've listened to our episodes on Cambridge Analytica and stuff like that, and you just don't feel comfortable sipping the social meads, we of all shows out there absolutely get it. That's why we have another way for you to contact us. It's our good old fashioned telephonic number that's right pick up that phone and dial these numbers which are letters but there are also numbers in your phone it'll show you how to do it it's 1-833-STD-WYTK when you call in it is a voicemail inbox you will hear Ben's voice and he will beckon you to leave a message please when you do give yourself a cool nickname then you've got three minutes say whatever you want Towards the end of that message, I don't mean to like tell you how to do it. I'm giving you an example. Towards the end of that message, please give us permission, if you choose to give it to us, to use your voice and message on one of our listener mail episodes. If not, just say, hey, please don't use my voice. That's totally fine. We get it. It's cool. We still want to hear from you. Seriously, come on. And if talking on the phone isn't your favorite thing to do and you've got way more to say than can fit in three minutes why not instead send us a good old-fashioned email we are conspiracy at iheartradio.com Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. 
I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. And that makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 